it's all in the game. You know, it's all in the game. Um, you have winners and losers. And, you know, you just got to take your L, dude. I mean, yep. that's just kind of what it is. So, He's the Atlanta um, Falcons so, with a 28-3 to halftime lead there. That's that's really what it felt like, right? I felt right. like, oh, 28-3, to 3, like they're going to close it out. And then it didn't. Then they came, you know, Biden came back just like the Patriots did. And uh, yeah, it's insane to see how it came down, but understandable. Thank you for downloading and listening to West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez, joined by Donald Paz. What's up, Donald? Yo, what's going on, Alex? How you been, brother? I've been good, man. I've been, uh, actually, to tell you the truth, been celebrating a little bit. As you know, we talk about on West Box Score here. A little bit of politics. We don't delve deep into it because, of course, we're not Joe Rogan and we don't know everything about politics the way he does, as he claims to know. Um, We're just regular, (laughs) we're just citizens watching the progress of the political democratic election. And what do we see? What happens? A clean clear win for Joseph Biden Jr. Right? I yeah. forget his middle name at that this one. Yeah. Right now, but, but Me neither. On, but it's one of those things, man. Look at This guy won the election fair and square. You can recount all you want, but that's the truth. That's what happened. That's all of our politics stuff. Donald, what do you think? Did he win fair and square or do we need a recount? No, I think he won fair and square. Um, I think I've had enough conversations over the weekend since the announcement yesterday to kind of break it down like a like a sports uh, game. <laughs> right. And that, you know, the strategy that Donald Trump pulled of not getting people to vote by mail definitely backfired. Um, you know, I think that uh, for me, it felt like, uh, you know, coming into it, even with coronavirus out of the way, I felt that uh, Trump had like a three to one lead in the series. <laughs> And uh-huh. uh, I think a lot of us kind of were okay. Like, I think a lot of us were ready for four more years. Like, mentally, yeah. we're like, yeah, like this guy, you know, of course, like the Democrats don't look like they have anybody. They're going with Joe because he's like the most obvious, like moderate, like choice and, mm-hmm. you know, like very establishment, you know. But uh, man, very surprising that a lot of people turned out and they voted for him and he, he kind of took it. I, I feel like, you know, I don't think it's a steal by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel that um, uh, w- the strategy that he did, that that slow and steady strategy really worked, you know, yeah. whereas Trump just kind of sh- shot himself in the foot with all this conspiracy theory. Like, <laughs> I guess he thought QAnon was going to bail him out and get him the win or whatever, and it didn't. And I think that's just what happened. And I think it's it's all in the game. You know, it's all in the game. Um, you have winners and losers. And, you know, you just got to take your L, dude. I mean… Yep. That's just kind of what it is. So He's the Atlanta um, Falcons so, with a 28 to 3 halftime lead there. That's that's really what it felt like, right? I felt right. like, oh, 28 to 3, like they're going to close it out. And then it didn't. Then they came, you know, Biden came back just like the Patriots did. And uh, yeah, I, it's insane to see how it came down, but understandable. Real, real quick, like sort of sport, because in the end of the day, it's kind of like sports and when the whole election day numbers come out. And it's very much the way he beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. It's like, well, I won because I campaigned in the right spots and it's all about the electoral college. Even though he lost the popular vote, that's what he claimed. That's why he won. And now it came back to bite him the other way. And now he's upset about it, which I find so hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's insane, right? You, you think of all the little details, all the little things that went right for him the last time around and how this time it it all just kind of blew up in his face. It's insane, but it's it's so true, man. Like, 
um, like you said, he's he, he he's calling it out as like, uh, oh, but I still am pretty popular, you know, amongst America. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, sorry. Man. It, it was interesting though. I will say this. It was interesting seeing Fox News kind of call it and kind of was in this mode where, I don't know, to me, it just felt like the first time we're seeing an election run post Roger Ailes. And I feel like it mm. was a completely different outlook in that end. And um, it was it was just crazy to see that. I, I think that the, those were the little things that Trump needed to win. He needed a Roger Ailes. He needed a Steve Bannon. And yeah. he didn't have that this time. So, you know. He didn't have his different... head coach with him, man. No, no. It's like a boxer without their best trainer, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. Very sports-like in a sense, man. But at the end of the day, no matter who you voted for and no matter who's in office, remember we are we all are on the same team. This is the United States. We wanted to thrive. We want individuals to to have their best chance, opportunity to do the best thing that they can. This obviously being the land of opportunity as, you know, let's do the best for each individual and make the best of your opportunities when you get them. But the point is, get the, give fair opportunities to every individual. And that's kind of what we're hoping for in this country. Things aren't going to change overnight. This is just the beginning of the democratic process. I hope a lot of people who are now more engaged in voting continue to be so. I mean, look up every individual, every race in your district, every race in your local community, because that's really what's going to affect you the most is your local government. So keep involved in the democratic process. It's going to help you uh, in your entire life. Um, no matter how disenfranchised you feel about the government, it's very important that you continue to follow politics and try to understand it because that's really the hardest thing about is understanding the process. I mean, just look at our current president doesn't understand the process. <laughs> so he's uh, going <laughs> to complain about it more than uh, understand it. But let's get it. And if you notice, Donna and I are just going off on a tangent about everything. It's because our good friend, Sonny and Mano, not here today to fact check all the stuff we're saying. So I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> when he does listen to this, he's going off yelling at us. Uh, I can hear him already now. Um, just laying up, We're just going off on a tangent. Like, I'm going to fact check this and that once I get here. So check out next week and hear all all of our retractions <laughs> once Sonny and Mono is back here. So now we can finally get into actual sports, the world of sports here in West Bo on West Box Score. Donald, um, it, the big matchup today was the Chargers-Raiders-AFC West rivalry matchup. And I, I was looking forward to this because my 40... Uh, so, oh, free and slip there, Sonny. My 49ers were on a bye. So check that out, Sonny. That's for you. <laughs> uh, my Rams were on a bye, uh, but the 49ers had already played this, we uh, this week on Thursday night. They lost to the Packers, as Sonny called. He wasn't expecting them to win, but he his 49ers did take the L. Uh, my Rams were on a bye. So all we had this week, really, on this Sunday night were your Chargers, Donald. And I was pulling for your guys and what happened between that rivalry game between the Chargers and Raiders, man? Well, with the Chargers and the Raiders, um, every time there's a division game, it's never a, a, a game you got to sleep on. Um, they're always contentious. Uh, they're always, you know, pretty dramatic for the most part. And I think this one pretty much topped the drama for sure. Um, the Chargers decided to come in and instead of being in the lead and blowing it, they decided, <laughs> why don't we give the lead and just try to do the, the walk-off? Uh, Hell run, yeah, I like it. Change which, it up. 
you know, I, I was a, I was nervous and I was excited <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if they pull it off? Especially after the two-minute warning and you saw the, that final drive. Um, but unfortunately, due to VAR, uh, VAR screws is <laughs> over. So I'm pulling analogies from all these different sports. That's as how we know, do, like, we as watch we do a lot here. of this. <laughs> but uh, man, Valiant effort by the Chargers. Um, right now, currently sitting at two and six. It seems like they're pretty much done as uh, far as postseason. Um, any type of postseason uh, happening for them. I think that that's just mathematically, uh, it's pretty hard to come back from that. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, the Raiders, man, credit to them. They're always tough to play with the Chargers. Right. Um, for as much as I know, people like to count them out. And I know for the most part, most seasons and not, they tend to not be that great. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, they're really hanging in there this season for sure. So um, I think they're definitely them and the Bills, I want to say, are the two teams that I'm I'm pretty convinced are going to make the, the the playoffs. And, you know, the Bills look really good today too, yeah, which was pretty interesting. But uh, man, the Chargers, man, they they really let me down. They just found another way to break my heart, pretty much. <laughs> they were just like, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I feel for Justin Herbert. Um, I think that for the most part, with the when you blow the lead, you tend to blame the defense because they're the ones that are supposed to keep the lead. They're supposed to the ones that keep the other team from winning and scoring. But in this in this situation, it just felt like you didn't know who to blame. You know, you yeah. want to blame the offense for not getting that touchdown. But the thing is that the last two plays were catches that were at the end zone and they both just did not, you know, hold on to the ball. And uh, it was just, an, it was just sad to see that, uh, that it, unfortunately, that's just the way the, the cookie crumbled for, for the plays. And yeah. um, I, I'm sure if they could have it back, they'd probably want to run something different than the outside slants that they did in the end zone. Um, because you don't give your, your receiver enough space to bring the ball down. Um, and uh, they tend to just go out of bounds. Mike Williams got hurt really bad. Like he was shaken up pretty bad. I had him on my mm-hmm. fantasy team. So I definitely needed that touchdown. Right. But uh, man, hopefully he's good. But yeah, that 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 last play was really heartbreaking. Especially because I was celebrating with them. The minute yeah. they made it, I was like, yes, we did it. You know, we finally overcame, you know, a deficit. And no, they, they, they played. They did the review, booth review. And the review was like, no, he didn't have possession of the ball coming down. And now I'm reading on Charter's Twitter. There's all this stuff going on about how dumb of a rule it is. Like if he was already down by the knee, then it should have just been the touchdown already. But because he fell and the ball wasn't really in his possession anymore, then they just decided to, you know, overturn it. And that's that's just unfortunate, you know. And I think this is one of those things where the NFL is going to have to look at, you know, how these things are going to be ruled out because it, it, it did feel a little unfair, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, I felt uh, weird about that Mike Williams play because I feel like he had possession of the ball, both feet in the end zone for a touchdown, but yet they ruled it in, in, an incomplete pass. And I could not yeah. understand why that wasn't reviewed and looked at, especially while Mike Williams was injured, had all that time, to, you know, while he was injured on the on the field there. Why wouldn't the, the uh, VAR look at that play? Do you know why, Donald? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I forget, I think I remember him grabbing the ball, and it, and I think between him and the other the last play, he it was very obvious that he had it with both hands, and he brought it down with both hands. And you're right, I do I do remember his both his feet were still inbound, and he had the ball in both his hands. 
it didn't look like he lost possession at all. But at for all. whatever reason, I, when you fall on the floor, if you don't look like you still have possession, then it doesn't count. I think it's kind of weird given that like you're at the end zone. Like there's no right. more field for you to like kind of like say that, oh, okay, like at that point, you and the defender know there's no more field left. Of course, you're going to let the ball fly wherever you want. At that point, you're thinking, oh, I hope they just call the touchdown at this point. You know, I already did yeah. my part. Um, and then they didn't. And I think that that's the only thing that was kind of weird that both those plays were pretty similar. Yeah. Um, the same the same place, they were thrown in the same area. Yeah. And it's insane to think that they both got, you know, called back and, and were said, no, no touchdown or incomplete pass. It, it yeah. felt weird. I, I think the Mike Williams one was definitely more convincing of a touchdown play. I agree. The last play, I felt he did lose possession. You see the ball hit the ground while he's like hitting hitting the the, the, the field at the same time. So it's like, okay, that one you could kind of give, not, you could rule it an incomplete pass. That one may be more yeah. so. But you shouldn't even have gotten to that play to begin with because that Mike Williams catch was a touchdown. And that's why I was heartbroken for you, especially more so because uh, it's you guys should have won the game already on the play previous play. And then the gusto by your offensive coordinator to go for the exact same play. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. that, that, that takes guts, man. To just like, yeah, we got it the first time. We'll do it again the second time. And you kind of did, but just didn't hold on to it. So it's like, oh, no. that's so heartbreaking. And I think Asani had these comments and Arash Markazi here on Twitter says, for the Chargers are the most exciting 2-6 and six team in NFL history <laughs> for whatever that's worth. And it's like, damn, dude, it's, it's true, man. I've been enjoying your guys' games. And because they're coming down to the wire like this every game. And it's so yeah. heartbreaking that you guys are coming out on the wrong end of it. And you kind of just hope it builds character for the team next. Like just just like improves your guys' morale in the sense for like we've been through we've been through worse. Like we'll, we'll, like you know what I mean? Like just be stronger. Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you hope. Exactly. And you guys are just gonna just, you know, bounce, bounce back. Uh, if you guys, it's a little, maybe running, clock's running out for this season, but hopefully next season just, you know what, we've been through, we've been through a lot and we're going to get through this. We're going to get through whatever we got to get through next season, man. I'm, 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 I'm feeling for you, man. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that um, for the most part, the season, um, I think at this point, you should just kind of like start uh, doing, like everything you play from now on, you're doing it just to evaluate for next season. Um, we're already past the halfway point. So, I mean… You're gonna need a miracle to to go on. Like you would have to go like on an unbeaten streak in order to have a shot, and um, it's just it's just tough to see that with this team so far because it's not a complete team. Joey Bosa was out, which is a big part of it too. Defensively, Joey Bosa being out. Um, uh, I know some of our running backs were out too. Tremaine Pope was out with the concussion, so um, it's just not the same. You know, even Derwin James being out through training camp was already a hard blow as it is. And now we're seeing the repercussions of what happens when when you have key guys out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just tough. I mean, they're, they're definitely doing their best to truck along and they definitely are pretty exciting offensively, Justin Herbert. But, um, but yeah, it just feels like uh, you definitely need the complete team to be there for, for, for there to be a good run to happen. And I don't think we're going to get that this season, so… Exciting team to watch, nonetheless, man. So at least you got <laughs> yeah. that. At least you got that for these next couple of games, which you guys are going to Miami next. So uh, be yeah, careful. Yeah, the Dolphins. 
be yeah. careful out there on the sidelines there. I, I, we, I know from my Rams time there, the, the Rams game a couple of weeks ago that uh, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins like to play dirty on the other side of the, on the roadside, on the visiting side, sideline. So it's going to be hot. So look out, man. Yeah, it should be fun. Tua, Tua versus Herbert. Nice. A couple of the big rookie matchup there. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, at this point, we're just watching the games for fun, man. <laughs> that's all we're watching. <laughs> for real. I don't know how much fun I'll Ooh. have, though, uh, watching my Ram, uh, my Rams take on the Seahawks on a Sunday afternoon at SoFi Stadium. I'm a little worried for that one, but I'm hoping a good Rams team shows up. Because uh, that yeah. would give us a lot of promise the rest of the way if we could finally win a divisional game. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little worried for that one too. All I want is a good, good effort by my team. Good effort. Although yeah, the yeah. Seahawks did lose this uh, this week, so I'm yeah, hoping Bills Mafia took care of them. Yeah, man, that Bills team is legit. So look out. I hate that. I still hate their quarterback. That yeah. beast over there, uh, Josh Allen. I hate you. Three touchdowns yeah. he threw today, and I want him Dang. tested. I want him. I want Usada to go pay him a visit. I think he might be yeah. on the juice. But to be honest, he's just a big beast of a guy. So yeah. Well, the Rams have an interesting schedule coming up too. They got Seahawks. They got Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Yeah, that should be a good one. And then uh, two divisional games after that: Niners and Cardinals. Ugh. This yeah. is this is this is the this is the stretch that's going to see what these Rams are made of. Um, yeah, this is that four game stretch. Uh, if they come out of it uh, two and two, we're still going to be confused as what Rams what Rams team this is. But if they're three and one, you know, one in three, then okay, this is that Rams team we were expecting. So I mean, that's all I that you know that's what's going to happen. They'll go two and two, and we'll still won't figure out what Rams team this is. Because they're the yeah. Rams. And they're going to more questions than answers after this four game stretch, I'm sure. But I mean, I want effort. That's all I want. We always talk about that, Donald. We want effort from our teams. Yeah, no, exactly, man. But uh, it's a fun football season overall. Fun football season uh, in the American football side of West Box Score. Now we go on to the other football side. And it's what we're talking about effort. The LA Galaxy's season, uh, effort, effortless season. It's finally come to an end uh, on Sunday uh, with a three to nothing loss uh, against Vancouver Portland FC. Uh, they were playing against the Vancouver Whitecaps in Portland, and another red card for Julian Arajo there. I believe that was his second of the season. Uh, the star DP Chicharito came on at halftime. Donald, what did you see from this uh, LA Galaxy effort or lack thereof in this match? Uh, man, I think uh, similar to the last time there was a red card on this on the scene, which I think was against LAFC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. Uh, the it just felt like you know with ten guys they're not gonna do much. Like any team would always be down with ten guys. Like you have a disadvantage, but even more so with this Galaxy team that like um, you know it really isn't does it's not it's not put together right. It's not a team that's put together right and. You're do you're seeing everything you can. I know Pavon was doing as much as he could to kind of like get something going. Um, couple shots being done, and it just felt like it just wasn't going their way at all. So, uh, man, it, it was it was pretty. I mean, I guess I, I don't want to get too crazy emotional about it because I know it's the last game of the season. But it was just one of those things where it's like would have been nice to go at least go out with the win, just to say like, hey, you know what? Like at least we did this. Um, mm -hmm. Post. Uh, Guillermo Scalotto, we we at least uh, 
you know, gave an effort and went unbeaten, you know, yeah. even if it was a draw, even if it was a draw, but, you know, um, they definitely gave gave up. Uh, the red card was huge in terms of like, you, with 10 guys, Galaxy are just not as threatening. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was overall, I just felt that, uh, I don't know, the, the game was pretty lull to me. Oh my God, know? yes. Uh, it was hard to watch. It, it is hard to watch. And I think that uh, when Vancouver scoring, it just even made it harder because it just felt like less of a, man, do I really have to watch this? You know? <laughs> but of course, I, I wanted to watch it because it was the last game of the season. And yeah. I don't want to come off like, I'm going to come on this podcast and talk like I didn't really see it or, you know, yeah. I didn't pay attention to what was going on. But yeah, based off just, you know, what I was seeing on the field, it just felt like a lull. You know? And this is for our weird fandom, right? Like we we sat through that entire desperate, or like just entire... Terrible season, entire terrible match, and we're a real fan because we did that, you know. So that way, yeah. when we when the when they eventually, if they ever win a championship, we're like, yeah, this is this is for us. We we deserve it. Our team is great now, and they're <laughs> champions because we suffered through them throughout the low highs and lows of you know as being a fan of theirs. Because that's what it's all about yeah. in fandom is just sticking to your team no matter how crappy they are sometimes and it's yep. as as sports fans i've always made this analogy man we're drug addicts man we're chasing that dragon we're chasing that high <laughs> of a championship but a lot of times man we're just gonna be going through withdrawals of not having a winning team man but one there's only one team that's a champion throughout the in, in every sport in every league and that's not going to be you a lot of times that's not going to be your team a lot of times um yeah. so we're just Going through it, I mean, the Galaxy had need to have a lot of a uh, lot to look. Uh, they have a lot to to work on. They have to clean the clean house. Obviously, a lot of players need to be moved. Management need a new head coach. I mean, where do you start first, Donald? Do you start with players or do you start with the head coach? Um, I think they. I think I would try. I would start with players just because I feel like um, the head coaching thing can't be too much of an overthought. You know what I mean? They can't be overthinking the head coaching situation. Like, like if it feels up to me, like right now, I, I would just give it to Dominic Kinnear just to mm. kind of get it out of the way. You know what I mean? Just to say like, okay, we got the coach taken care of. Um, and then uh, and then I would go for the right roster that you need to win. Because I think that um, overall, you don't have a lot of time, especially right now with COVID. Like you don't have a lot of time to go and, and, and interview and go through all these like loops and hoops and all that just to like uh, get who you think is the right guy. Because I feel like that's what happened with uh, the Guillermo hires. Just a lot of stuff was going around about like who they were going to get. And of course, they were seeking like coaches that came from like winning clubs and all that. And I'm not saying that's not an important thing that, you know, you do need a coach that knows how to win. But uh, they they really overthought it, you know, and it yeah. was just huge, like back and forth. And then finally Guillermo agreed and then they agreed. And, you know, it was this huge thing. And like anything, we always, you know, romanticize the idea of like, you know, oh, like this is the guy that's going to help us because he got Boca to the finals, you know. And yeah. um, that's kind of like what you hang on to, which I think is a little bit, you know, I think as soccer fans, we do that a lot with even with players, you know, like when Yoni Gonzalez came in, it was this huge like, oh my gosh, this is the the guy that's going to save the club from, you know, what it was going through. And then it took forever to get him here because of all the, uh, you know, the legal stuff, you know, with the, you know, uh, the permits and everything. Yeah. And then you got coronavirus on top of that. And then you do that and then he's on and he's been on for the last couple of games. But 
nothing crazy as far as like a like it didn't turn anything around and you know we got all crazy hyped about it and then uh it didn't really turn anything around and i just feel like we tend to do that a lot so i think that with the coaching situation just don't do that just get who you feel is the best and who you can get the guy that can kind of get the ball rolling already if it's dominic kinnear then it's dominic kinnear then at least you can already start having meetings right now about what do you think he needs to do to what 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 is our ideals are for like a roster for next season? Who do you think we can move? Who do you think we can trade? Who we can let go? Who can buy out? Things like that. Yeah. Um, because there's not going to be a lot of time between now and, and and the next season to start. Um, the 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 time flies in the off season. So, um, I think that's just you know that's what I think that they should start looking more towards the player side than the coaching side. And there's so many question marks to even know when that next season will start. Like, will it start in March? Will it start later? Will they, I mean, there's a lot of questions yeah. here, man. It's just like, exactly. I think you're right. I, I, I'm, I like giving Dominic Kinnear maybe a one year, one year up, you know, chance of being the head coach here. Like you, you were saying, yeah. like we talked about in the previous cast, he's a proven winner, at least in MLS. And like, and guess what? He's coaching in MLS. Just give him, yeah. give him a shot for one year. It's especially a weird COVID, you know, off season season still to come. We we need that right now. We need at least somebody at the helm who's been experienced with the league. You might as well do that and just really try to figure out your players. Um, get. We yeah. have a, maybe potentially one DP spot opening up a designated player spot. We, we're at the strong possibility we're going to lose Christian Pavon, which is sad because mm-hmm. that was the best player on our team the whole year. Yeah. He played uh, exactly. every match. I believe he played every minute this season. I don't remember him ever being yeah. subbed out. Like, like that's the one no. consistently consistency you have in this team. I mean, yeah, for good for good or bad. I mean, look at the the, the result they had, but at least he put in some effort. And yes, he'd get double teamed and triple teamed because that's the only threat the Galaxy had. And you mm-hmm. you need something else. You you need another an, another midfielder. You need another help. You need some more help with him. And it's probably not Yoni Gonzalez. I don't think he gets brought back next year, but maybe it's just a lot of that was him being out of shape from not playing the entire year until he got to MLS because a lot of his shots on goal were nowhere near the goal when he'd get clean looks. I mean, he had no goals and one assist in the nine matches he played. And a lot, he would always be subbed out, obviously, because he's not in 100% playing shape. So I I just, there's a lot, a lot of question marks. Goal, goaltender needs to be looked at as well. Defense needs to be looked at. I mean, I don't know if you could swap out 11 guys and bring in a new, uh, <laughs> new 11 guys. That might be a little bit too much to ask, but it almost feels like maybe that's what's necessary. But of course, that's not going to happen. But it's just like, man, where do you start? Where do you finish? A lot of work for Dennis DeClosa there uh, for our Galaxy, man. LAFC, though, do, doing a little bit better. They're uh, in the playoffs, right? And big ups to Diego Rossi there, the golden Boot winner for 2020. Uh, I love the way right away LA Galaxy fans on Twitter are such trolls because he scored 14 goals, obviously, to win the Golden Boot. Like, oh, is that the lowest amount uh, of goals to win the Golden Boot? Like, yeah, f- of course, dude. It was a short season. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. There's exactly. no need, there's no need to troll that, dude. It's 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 this weird COVID 2020 season. And we, uh, I got to say, man, anytime you win anything in this 2020 season, it's, uh, there's going to be like a, this quote unquote asterisk next to it because of the short season. But I mm-hmm. think the asterisk just say, hey man, you had to win it during a tougher season almost. Because it's just odd. Yeah. It's just an odd way to play this year. 
And I, I yep. and, and obviously sure. I'm selfish, somewhat selfish saying this because our daughters and Lakers won championships during this year. So maybe there's a bit of yeah. bias as um as I was running yeah. today, uh, my virtual 10K for the Dodgers run, which Donald, you're also going to run too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to I gotta do my run and post it. <laughs> for sure. Or else you got to post it on social media or else it didn't happen. You know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pixar didn't happen. But no, as I was running my virtual uh, 10K this morning around the park I, I live near, if, if it's it's a 10K with, you know, you get a medal at the end, but it feels weird to run without like that little those other people running next to you and the crowd of people watching you like kind of cheering you on. And I always laughed at that. Like, oh, like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing here? You're just here cheering on yeah. your friends, which like that's so unnecessary. But I would always like give them the thumbs up when they cheer for me running by. Like it, it actually did feel like something. So today doing that, like, hey, you know what? I, I got a medal too during this COVID 2020 season. <laughs> so this medal means a lot to me now because I had to do it with no fan support. Like I know what those, what those players felt like in the bubble without fans, you know? Like it just it just yeah. means a little something as a in athletics to do something in a weird 2020 season that doesn't feel the same. So big ups to LAFC uh, Diego Rossi for winning the Golden Boot, and I mean they're they're in the playoffs now, and whoever yep. wins the MLS Cup is gonna gonna be a team that deserves it, man. By having to to win it in a weird season without fans in their stadiums. I mean, most of them don't, didn't have it. And who knows what it's going to look like. Um, I don't know, Donald, if you have in front of you what the playoff calendar is going to look like. We don't know what, what um, when LAFC is going to play, but we'll talk about that here on, on West Box Score because I'm sure Sonny is going to give us the breakdown on why they're going to win the MLS Cup this year, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think just based off the standings right now, they'll, they'll, they, it looks like they'll be playing the Seattle Sounders. Uh-oh. You know, so it, it should be interesting. There is no date yet, but um, it feels just based off the numbers that I see, uh, the LAFC um, would be playing the Sounders in the first yeah. round. So yeah, but definitely we'd love to, to, you know, preview that next time around when we do it. We have to, man. Sonny will be on definitely for that one to talk about… Uh, exercising the MLS Cup playoff demons against the Seattle Sounders. Some revenge potentially, hopefully, yeah. for them for 2019. Uh, I got I can't wait to hear how he feels about that. It's so crazy to see the Sporting, sporting KC is number one in the Western Conference. And oh yeah, so Philadelphia Union won the Supporter Shield. So big ups to Philadelphia Union over yep. in the East. Um, but Sporting KC, I was excited to see them play this year because they got uh, Alan Polido, who played previously for Chivas Guadalajara. And he's a gold machine, man. He was the golden boot winner uh, for the pre- 2019, I believe it was, uh, for uh, yeah. Chivas Guadalajara. So I'm like, oh, this, this guy is legit. And I kind of wanted Galaxy to go after him. I was hoping they would. Yeah. But it's kind of, that's, and I knew they wouldn't because that's not the big splash that Galaxy are used to. And look at yeah. and who do they go after? A bigger splasher signing in Chicharito, and I wonder how it would have been different if it had Alan Polido came over to the Galaxy instead of Chicharito. I mean, what do you think, Donald? I mean, I think it would have been cool to see someone that can actually play like uh, you know more lights out, and yeah. um, I, I I think that's. That's what I'm hoping for this offseason with the Galaxy that they eventually start to, especially the front office, I hope they start to realize that like it doesn't have to be, you know, sexy all the time. It could be just something that produces results, you know. Um, 
So I know that uh, the Drew League, the, the the amateur basketball league that happens in the offseason for the NBA, um, not the NBA, but a lot of players that tend to be good playing it, their their motto is uh, no no excuse, just produce, you know? Nice. And uh, I think that's kind of what I want to see the Galaxy start is stop with the excuses and just start producing, you know? I uh, like it. And start to look for a good talent, man. I yeah. mean, you have a scouting department, you know? But uh, yeah, hopefully they they eventually wear off this whole like Hollywood vibe that they like to carry. Right. I mean, look, we already have the big name here. Chicharito's the, the big, your big draw. That's your star attraction. Fine. Let's yep. build a team around him now. I mean, we're, we're stuck. It's He's going to be playing here until he decides to, you know, retire early is what a lot of people hope for. But man, he's yeah. he's our guy. He's he's on the field for us, man, when, when he's healthy. I mean, he's got a lot to work on. He's admitted as much. I mean, that's the first step is admitting you have a problem and and working toward, yeah. toward rectifying <laughs> it, man. So, I mean, we, I can't root against him anymore. I always, you know, on this on this show, I felt like I'm not going to refer to him anymore. He doesn't deserve the name. I'm just going to refer to him as a star DP. But he's a he's a he's a player on our team, and I'm definitely not rooting against him. It's so crazy to see how bad his effort has been. So I mean, yeah, uh, I just all I, like we talk about, man, effort. We need your effort, Chicha. That's all we need from you, and the and the goals will yeah. hopefully come. But a lot of that effort needs to be falling on the front office too now. The ball's in your court. This is your time to shine. So let's see yep, who they bring. Exactly. Let's see who they bring, man. Yeah, for real. Donald, before we wrap this up, man, we were both uh, texting on Saturday night about some excitement. Not just about the president, elect- uh, president election that got announced that we finally got a winner on. But it was the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. Donald, did you check out all of it? I actually started tuning in. Um, uh, when was it? The first match that I tuned in. I, I think the, it was a Hikaru Shida, uh, Nyla Rose uh, women's no, no, title match. No, no, TNT no? match. Oh, that's right. No, yeah. no. I saw the the towards the end of it when uh, Darby Allen won it. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw that… <laughs> They were about to break his arm off, uh, <laughs> but uh, God damn it! I hate the uh, F uh, Team Taz there, Brian Cage. Team Taz, yeah. they're such bullies, man. They, <laughs> they, they, they're like, uh, they're definitely like thugs. You know, that's your yeah. thing. I, I, I was watching some of it with my father, and I was saying, "Qué rudo son." <laughs> that means heels in Spanish, man. I love it. But yeah, you were saying Donald? Yeah, no, but it was it was insane. Uh man, every time I see uh uh Brian Cage, you know, with Brian the Machine Cage, I mean, dang, yeah. he does look like a machine. It's insane, <laughs> dude. Like I always just it's my thing with Brian Cage is when he just comes on, I'm just like, dang, he's so big. <laughs> like I can't get over that, you know, every time he's oh, there. Oh, yeah. You know, so. you gotta check out check him out on Twitter, man. He can still he's a he still skateboards with all that muscle mass on him, Dang. and it's so weird to see him skateboard and do like kick flips and what have you. As like, dude, how do you not break that board with all that muscle coming down on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. insane. He's a massive gotta, dude, man. I gotta see that, man. But um, yeah. yeah, that's where I started watching it. I saw the women's match as well. Um, mm-hmm. That was really impressive too. Seeing uh, Hikaru Shida uh, kind of still pull it off with the with the bum leg uh, that Nyla Rose mm-hmm. was working on. I mean, it was really impressive, um, and it was cool seeing Vicky Guerrero. Man, it's it, it, yeah. it's it's always like uh, even though she plays like this heel manager right now, like um, 
it's just kind of cool seeing her do her thing and just kind of like still she's so it good at it. You know, so exactly. Good at being a heel manager. So yeah, that was really fun to see. But yeah, that was a good match. Um, I think that uh, for being a women's title match, I thought it was really entertaining. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Young Bucks match, dude, that was that was wild. Match of the night for me, man. Young Bucks versus FTR. Yeah. I mean, years in the making. I mean, this was the whole reason I I had to see this pay per view. That that was worth the money for me, and it lived up to the hype. Um, there was, a, I think, I was gonna text you guys. Uh, at one, well, what's great about this is the whole build up too. Is like the Young Bucks had the the whole nod to the Lakers with their purple, gold, and black yeah. ring gear, and I of course that. FTR, the opposite, green and white gear, yeah. like nod to the <laughs> clip to the Celtics rather, and it's yeah. just like perfectly played like anti why they why they're wrestling against each other the because ftr is very technically sound i mean at one point when they were in wwe they had the shirts they were you know kind of taking a jab at the young bucks the mm. shirt ftr had when they were referred to as uh, dash and dawson they they uh it said no flips just fists which yeah. is like a total jab at the Young Bucks who are very like high flying and flip. You know, everything's got to have an extra flip on it. Just add a little, like they'll, they'll do a flip before they even give you a drop kick just to give yeah. it a little oomph, you know? Yeah. So that's why this was a perfect clash of styles and it lived up to the hype. I think at one point though, I'm noticing the Young Bucks, you know, being a little bit older now, not being as quick as to do some of those moves they tend to do. So at what point are just, they're just going to be called the Bucks and not necessarily the Young Bucks. So a part of me was like, man, you know, this is a little bit of a uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, element to it because like, man, if only we would have gotten this match, you know, four years earlier, I'm sure this would have been a real barn burner. So I'm going to yeah. give it my Meltzer, my Meltzer rating here. I'm going to give it Four out of five stars in this. This was definitely the match of the night. Damn. But it was four yeah. out of five stars for me because it wasn't, it was still good. And it had so many great nods and the finish was awesome. But yeah. it's just, I mean, like, man, it was good. But I feel like it could have been great had it been just four years earlier when they just were better at the top of the game, at their top of their games. Not to say that they still don't have it. I mean, look at Chris Jericho still doing the damn thing. But it's yeah. just... Mm, it would have been for what they were trying to accomplish in this match. I feel like four years earlier, man, would have been that five star, six star Tokyo Dome match. Yeah, <laughs> for me. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, what did you think of the Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara the Elite Deletion match? The, the Elite Deletion. Oh man, uh, I thought I thought it was good overall. I don't know. Like I, I, I guess I was expecting a little bit more on this one. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, the thing. Okay, so this is the thing with the Young Bucks match being the match of the night. And I agree with you on that. Like, it felt really weird watching the rest of the pay-per-view. Poor placement. Yeah. Yeah, where it felt like the best thing was in the middle. I mean, anything before it was pretty good. Obviously, you, you get your results and, you know, a couple of title exchanges in here and there. But, um, man, but after that, it, it felt like nothing lived up to it. And I don't know why yeah. I was kind of hoping for something to live up to it. But, um. Yeah, uh, this match was was okay for me overall. It wasn't like, you know, again, coming off the high from the Young Bucks match and how great that was and how much it lived up to it. it to me, I don't know. It, it just felt like it went a little too long. So, um, for yeah. especially for what the ending was. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was okay. You know, that's I feel like that's kind of the bad thing about AEW sometimes. They, they overthink where they place their matches and it kind of screws up the pace of the whole event because that's always very important too. 
Um, so I feel like that's, I don't know why, but I feel like that the Young Bucks match would have been better served as being the co-main event. But yeah. I think the reason they didn't do it is because same thing, like whoever had to follow that match would have had a difficult time. So you have to have a bit of a, a palate cleanser before the main event because or else the main event is going to, you know, be watered down. Like, oh man, that co-main event was so much better. Like this main event kind of sucks. I mean, that's yeah. the way you, you you pace a wrestling show. So I really feel like they should have flipped at least the order of the Matt Hart, the Elite Deletion match before the Young Bucks match. Then you could have came in and given us the MJF Chris Jericho match, which which was also a really good match. And I knew that was MJF a really good one. Yeah, was was gonna totally carry Chris Jericho to a good match. Not to say that Chris Jericho can't you know compete anymore, but just he needs a little help. He's a little bit older. You know, you you need that. And yeah. and it was a it was a oh I and I think I said it to you right away that I love that finish the whole nod to Eddie Guerrero uh, yeah with that was really cool. MJF MJF getting his you know ch- uh, his championship ring from AEW that he has and he was gonna hit Jericho with it but Jericho yeah. then gets his bat thrown in from Jake Hager and Jake and you know as he's yeah. about to hit hit him with it Jake you know MJF flips him off just drops to the floor and yeah. it like it's like he got hit and the referee turns around and says hey did you hit him with it no 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 of course not classic Eddie Guerrero style bait and switch yeah. lie cheating and stealing and then yeah. when he's talking to the referee gets rolled up for the schoolboy win oh my god that was a yeah. great way to end that match yeah, that was really good. I like that match a lot. I thought that was really impressive. I mean, even the entrances, man. Again, uh, with the entrances, I thought that was… It was so cool to hear, especially with the crowd back in there. Um, yes. Singing uh, the Jericho song, the Fozzie song, Judas. Um, it just felt re- refreshing to see that again, you know? Um, and I'm sure he yeah. felt that too because he looked like he was very like, Oh my gosh, this… This feels great. Um, I like how he came out with that that uh, kind of like that shoulder pack he had on him. It felt like uh, watching a uh, the shredder, you know, from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was really cool. Um, definitely came out like a king, you know, in the group. So that was cool. And then it's funny because MJF also has his own vibe of it with the uh, Burberry like a uh, little coat that he wears. That the uh, Burberry scarf. The, yeah, yeah. The, that Wardlord takes off afterwards. The the big old thing that he was wearing, the robe. <laughs> That, like, yeah, the robe with the lights on it. <laughs> yeah. An homage to Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah. man. All these funny. things that AEW does is really smart and everything makes sense. So I really appreciate that because it's it's very New Japan style where yeah. there's, not many, there's not many promos. It's all about just um, matches that make sense. They're wrestling each other because of this. Like this guy beat this guy on this event. So that's why it it's logically makes sense for them to have to wrestle each other. Like... It just everything makes sense, which is after the John Moxley Eddie Kingston match, which was another just like what we knew it was gonna be like this whole just brawl, and it lived up to that hype. And I I enjoyed it oh, as yeah. a really solid main event. We talked about we we knew maybe Eddie Kingston wasn't gonna win, but yeah. it, it made us believe we bought into it because of the storytelling. You know, like yeah. these guys have legitimate you know, animosity toward each other because they were really close friends and now they're like bitter, yeah. bitter rivals now. Eddie has a chip on his shoulder. And, but John Moxley always has a chip on his shoulder just from being where he was. And yeah. at the end of that match, what happens is Kenny Omega comes out and just, you know, hey, don't forget, we, ha- we have a match coming up because Kenny Omega beat Adam Hangman Page to yeah. become number one contender. So it's just yeah. like, that's that perfect storytelling that AEW is doing. Like, 
this is why these guys are wrestling. Yes, they they have this you know storyline rivalry, but it logically makes sense because of the matches that are winning. That's why they have those win loss records, which I enjoy too, man. Like that's a great little little touch that AEW puts on there. Like yeah, um, uh, you, you, I don't know, you missed it probably in the beginning of the Darby Allen Cody Rhodes match. It said Darby Allen was on a six match winning streak. So they're like, oh, and wow. those, that means Darby Allen's on a hot streak right now. It's like all these things are kind of making sense, which is why he beat Cody Rhodes, right? He's on a hot streak right now yeah, to win matches. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, these are fun little touches that wrestling we know is a, you know, predetermined win-loss sport, but they yeah. still treat it like a sport, which is what we want at the end of the day. We're sports fans, but we want a little bit of entertainment, sports entertainment, see what I did there. Uh, so that's why it's fun. That's why it's fun, dude. Donald, right? Yeah, no, exactly, dude. I loved it. And, you know, going back to the this main event match, um, I thought, you know, for as kind of like out of all of them, obviously this one, um, a little bit more violent than you're kind of like used to if you've, if you just watch regular AEW on a Wednesday night. Um, But uh, I know that uh, AEW Twitter was in a weird way going crazy for that, uh, that part where uh, after um, Eddie Kingston puts Moxley through the, the, all the little thumbtacks that like, uh, yeah, that he sp- he spills uh, alcohol on his back. I was like, yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting because it's such a like the visual, like the thought of doing that to somebody is really like, like, oh man, this is really dark. But sick. obviously, when They're you so see sick. it happen, yeah, it's like so sickening. But like when you see it happen, it doesn't look that bad. But at the same time, just the fact that like you can only imagine what this might, what what this would feel like if this happened to you. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that. When they do stuff like that is is pretty creative because in a weird way they're not getting too gory or too violent. It's almost like they're mostly like they're messing with your head as a as a viewer of this whole thing yeah. and like it making you think a lot more crazy. And like you said, the storyline was great. I mean, I was bought in on the whole, you know, I know your family, you know, my family thing, and you know, big we've been yeah. friends and you know, even I the referee back. involved. Yes. Yeah. The referee involved knows their family too. Like yeah. yes, every everything. Everything was great, you know, like, oh, like I had your back and this and that. And um, I thought it was great. And they both those fighters, they they definitely they they knew how to mix the whole like we're street fighters, but we're doing wrestling and 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 kind of mm-hmm. combining all that. And I thought that, that was really great. So I thought it, the, as far as the matchup goes, I thought it was a great matchup. I thought that the storyline, the storytelling, everything that led up to it was great. It I was so believable. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this was one of those where you can kind of take a, a page of how you're supposed to uh, build up the rivalry to the main event. And uh, yeah, really great. I liked it. I thought that was a really good uh, match to end on with the uh, on that pay-per-view. Perfectly. Yeah, you're right. AEW uh, Dynamite airs on TNT. Check it out if you want to check out some more pro wrestling just to get a break from the craziness of the world that we're living in with COVID and, you know, election talk because that's finally over. And then, but you're still going to hear plenty of that, you know, as the months go on. Trust me, it's over, but not really over. So, as we talked about last week, Donald, wrestling is just a fun, fun escape for a while. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it's, it's really cool. And I think that they do everything they can to make it entertaining and kind of like distracting uh, as much as possible so that you're not thinking about other stuff that would probably get you more depressed. So, yeah. 
<laughs> so totally. And hopefully another fun distraction that takes away your depression is listening to West Box Score. That's it for us this week. Donald, thanks again for stopping by and spending some time with me talking about all the great sports. Donald, thanks a lot. Yeah, man. You're welcome, brother. Good to talk to you again, man. And uh, always love it. Join chatting with you, man. Um, it's always uh, fun doing these things, dude. Same, man. And uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WestBoxScore. Subscribe, rate, and review uh, WestBoxScore on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download your podcast. Next week, we'll be talking more about the NFL season that's going on, the MLS playoffs. So check us out next week, maybe next time with Sunny and Mano. So for Donald Paz, I'm Alex Gonzalez saying see ya. Later. Later.